Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. So good to have you here on If You Don't Like That with Grant Napier. Let me first tell you that today's show is brought to you by New Works Plumbing of Sacramento. They have got a fix for you. That's right. They're available around the clock 24-7 for all of your plumbing needs and repairs. And a big thank you to those of you that have reached out via email and social media saying that you've used New Works Plumbing and they were great. And I love hearing that. They are great. They're awesome. Again, they're available around the clock. As I mentioned, they've got a fix for you. Just check them out online, newworksplumbing.com, N-E-W-W-R-X-Plumbing.com. Hey, don't forget to join me today and the rest of the week, 6 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific, live on Listen App. You can give me your calls. Uh, it's pretty much just like being on the radio. Listen App is great. Check me out. I'm on every day, weekdays, 3 o'clock Pacific. So yesterday, early in the day, the Athletic reports that Sacramento Kings coach Luke Walton is on the hot seat. And I ask, why? Why is Luke Walton on the hot seat? Because the Kings had lost four games in a row. Yes, they did take care of Detroit last night. It was no contest against a really bad team. The Kings started off very well. They continued, and uh, they run away from the Detroit Pistons. The players obviously heard the report about their coach, and they could have done one or two things. They could have just laid down and said, yeah, we need a new coach. If we lose, the owner will fire him, and we'll all be happy. Or they could go out and play the way they did last night, which shows the support and the respect that they have for Luke Walton. So, When you look at the Sacramento Kings problems, and they have not been in the playoffs for a generation, and when you look at Vivek Ranadive and his ownership, when he said on opening night at Golden One Center, this is your team and it's here to stay, well, it is here to stay. The Kings aren't going anywhere, but it's not your team. It is his team, and quite frankly, to this point, he has failed miserably as an owner. And I don't know where the rumors come from. The Athletic, very reputable. And they quoted unnamed sources stating that Luke Walton is on the hot seat. Number one, how do these things get out? Why would that leak to the media? Number two, why? Why is it that you always want to change coaches? Why is it that everyone thinks it's 
the coach's fault. Now, yes, there is some responsibility that lies right at the foot of the head coach. I am not denying that. Let me ask you a question. Who's the all-star on the Sacramento Kings roster? I'm waiting. Yep. I'll be waiting for a long time because the answer to that question is no one. The Kings don't have an all-star on their roster, but when you look at the team's that make the playoffs every year in the NBA. They have one all-star and in some instances, two all-stars, but not the Sacramento Kings. The last all-star that they had was DeMarcus Cousins, and his greatest contribution to the franchise was off the court with his charitable endeavors, not on the court. That was the Kings' last all-star. You look at this roster right now, they don't have an all-star. Is that Luke Walton's fault? Is it, a, is it Luke Walton's fault that the number two pick overall in the draft four years ago can't even get off the bench and into the game, although he did play last night as the Kings are showcasing him? Mark Stein, formerly of ESPN and the New York Times, reported that the Pistons are a team that is interested in Bagley. So you can't say it's a coincidence that Bagley hasn't played since opening night. And he gets on to the floor last night in the first quarter against the Pistons. Again, is that Walton's fault or is it somebody else's fault? And what about Luke Walton being on the hot seat? What about the Kings fans who deserve so much better? I've said this and I'm going to say it again. Regardless of where I'm living, regardless of where I'm working, I will always have the back of Sacramento Kings fans 100% because they are loyal, they are passionate, and they deserve a hell of a lot better. They don't deserve to read about their coach being on the hot seat because of leaks coming from either ownership or the front office. They don't deserve to have the coach blamed every time the team goes through a bad stretch when the team doesn't have all-star or all-stars. They have a couple of good players, but they don't have an all-star. They currently have the most overpaid player in the NBA, arguably by the name of De'Aaron Fox, who once again last night was only one of four from beyond the arc, did have nine assists, but he has been miserable this season. I'm not blaming the Kings' six and eight start on him, but when you look at his contract and you look at what the Kings wanted from him, he is clearly as overpaid as any player in the NBA. His shot has not gotten any better. As a matter of fact, it is getting worse, and that is a big concern if you are a fan of the Sacramento Kings. But I want to go back to Walton for a moment. Why is this Walton's fault? Why is it his fault? He doesn't buy the groceries. He cooks the food that is given to him. His groceries are not very good. I made this comment several times in the offseason. I was waiting for the Kings to make a move. How is it that you expect to bring back the exact same team plus your draft pick and be significantly better? Why? Because you think Halliburton is going to go leaps and bounds from a good rookie season to a second season? Or am I missing something? Did you think that because you paid De'Aaron Fox a ton of money, he was going to turn into the next great all-star in the NBA? I mean, I'm looking at the Kings roster I'm looking at the lack of moves that were made in the offseason, and I'm saying to myself, why would anyone expect the Kings to move up the ladder in the tough Western Conference? Now, again, it's early in the season. I made this comment on Listen App yesterday when the Kings were 5-8. and It's way too early to panic. 
We're not even to Thanksgiving yet. All right? The Kings could easily go on a winning streak. They proved last year that they're very capable of going on winning streaks. They also proved that they're more than capable on going on multiple game losing streaks like they just ended after beating Detroit last night. But I ask yourself, why panic before Thanksgiving? And why is it that ownership, and I believe it's 100% ownership, is thinking of replacing Luke Walton? Didn't you learn your lesson when you fired Michael Malone? Really, did you not learn your lesson then? And how about all the other coaches that have come and gone under Vivek Ranadive? In all fairness, coaches had come and gone under the Maloofs too once Rick Adelman left after eight years of consecutive playoff appearances. The point is, when you look at all of the coaches that the Kings have had without being in the playoffs, it should be very obvious to you, it should be very obvious to everyone that coaching is not the problem with the Sacramento Kings. I don't know how many times I have to tell you that. So what happens now that these leaks, as reported by The Athletic, are now public? Anytime the Kings go through a rough stretch, Luke Walton's name is going to be coming up, and we're going to have to deal with another rumor and a coaching carousel for the entire freaking year and if you were to replace Luke Walton who are you going to hire is it going to be Alvin Gentry who I love I'm a huge fan of Alvin's but he's a retread coach is he not look at all the teams he coached whether it's the Warriors or whether it's the Phoenix Suns or in New Orleans I mean is that the guy you want coaching your team I mean is he the answer is he going to turn around a bunch of non-all-stars into all-stars And then all of a sudden, they're going to be a new team. What makes you think that? Explain that to me, would you please? I've I've read a lot of the comments on social media and all the criticism that Luke Walton takes from Kings fans. And I love you, Kings fans, but you are way off base when it comes to Luke Walton. You're way off base when it comes to coaching. All right? Yeah, coaching is important. I'm not downplaying it. But not on this team, not with this roster that doesn't have an all-star. The problem with this team is you have an owner that can't sit back and stay away. That's the problem. Plain and simple, okay? You have a general manager, but he is not able to run the team the way he sees fit. I know the owner will tell you differently, but I can tell you that's the way it is, okay? It's the way it was under previous front office tenureship as well. It's just the reality of the situation. It's time to finally go away. That's right. Go away. Go away and let the people that you hire do their freaking job. Because here's what I do know. The way you've done it, it's not working. And it has not worked. And you know what? It's not close to working. Can we all agree on that? It's not close to working. And I read about, gee, you know, the Kings may be the 8th or the ninth or the 10th place team in the West. Really? You consider that a successful season? If the Kings get into the play-in tournament as a ninth or 10th seed? I don't. If you're not winning half your games, to me, I don't consider that a successful season at all. Win half your games if you want to be relevant. And then I hear about defense. What did we hear in the entire preseason? Our identity is going to be defense. That's right. We're going to be a defensive team. 
Well, that sure didn't last long, did it? There are only, as of last night, four teams in the Western Conference allowing more points per game than the Sacramento Kings. So I don't want to hear about defense because really the defense is not good enough to win consistently in this league. And yet, that's what I heard throughout the preseason from the coaches, and I heard that from the players. Talk is cheap. Actions speak louder than words. So when I hear Luke Walton this, Luke Walton that, when I see that the Athletic is reporting multiple sources saying that Luke Walton is on the hot seat, you know who should be on the hot seat? The owner should be on the hot seat. That's who should be on the hot seat. Not Luke Walton, not any other coach. That's the reality of the situation. And I'll tell you this, I will always, 100%, regardless of, as I said, where I'm living, and even if I work for another team someday, I will always love the Sacramento Kings fans. They are passionate. They want nothing more than to see a respectable basketball team. I say respectable because you have to be respectable before you can be good. And the fan base in Sacramento damn well deserves it. And when you turn on the game and you see all the empty seats, you can't freaking blame the fans for not going to the games. And don't tell me you're going to the games, all right? Unless fans are going painted as chairs. It's not happening. So there were a lot of problems with the Sacramento Kings. But Luke Walton is not one of your problems. Coaching is not one of your problems. How much more money are you going to waste firing coaches and general managers? And I mean, seriously, like what a waste of freaking money. Keep what you have, figure it out. And oh yeah, by the way, get your coach an all-star. Get your coach a bona fide all-star. That's right. Somebody that when you watch the all-star game will be actually playing. Not in the three-point contest, not in the skills competition, not in the rookie game but the big boy game, an all-star wearing a Sacramento Kings uniform. The way you used to watch Mitch Richmond or Chris Weber, right? That's what's lacking on the Kings, a star. There are no stars on the Kings. The Kings need a star, and it's up to Monty McNair to go out and find one. Bring a star to Sacramento. You bring a star to Sacramento you have a freaking chance. All right, I want to talk about the 49ers and the Rams for a minute. Last night, it was men against boys. Hard to believe that that's the same 49ers team that last week got embarrassed by Arizona without Kyler Murray, without Hopkins, without Watt. Of course, we saw what happened to the Cardinals on Sunday with that same team getting blown out by Carolina. I guess that is the NFL in this day and age. But I ask you this question. If you're a fan of the Rams... Give me one reason why you would have any confidence with Matthew Stafford guiding your team to playoff victories in January. You saw him last week stink up the joint at home against Tennessee, and you saw a very ineffective, poor play from the quarterback position last night against the 49ers. Now, in all fairness, the Rams didn't lose the game because of Matthew Stafford last night. I thought they lost the game last week against Tennessee because of Stafford, but where's this vaunted Rams defense I've been hearing about with Aaron Donald and Von Miller and Jalen Ramsey, and where was that defense last night? San Francisco moved the ball up and down the field at will. Did they not? 
And what about the inconsistency of the 49ers? They have now won five consecutive games against the Rams, but yet they can't beat the Arizona Cardinals with a backup quarterback and their best receiver not on the field, Watt out for the year, and they're not even competitive? Like, how does that happen? How does that happen? Why is it that the 49ers, who looked like world beaters last night, how about that defense last night? How about that pass rush last night? How about the play of the linebackers and the tackling and the physicality that we saw from the 49ers? How about the running game? How about the efficiency of Jimmy Garoppolo? How about the wide receivers making plays and run after catch? How come we don't see that very often? Or how come we see that all too infrequently when it comes to Kyle Shanahan and his team? The Niners are now hanging on by a thread. Last night's game keeps them alive. Not going to win the division, but you know what? You're alive. You're breathing. You at least now have some life heading into Thanksgiving week. But when you figure out these two teams, the 49ers and the Rams, do me a favor, would you please give me a call? And also, give me a call on Listen App if you're a fan of Matthew Stafford because I don't see any reason at all why a Rams fan should be excited, optimistic, or confident going into the month of January with Matthew Stafford as your quarterback. Are you really going to count on Stafford to win you a big game in January? And that would be based on what, may I ask? What is it that you're looking at from Matthew Stafford where do you say to yourself, oh, yeah, he's the guy that's going to take us to the promised land? I don't see it, and I haven't seen it. And the NFL and the NFC in particular is absolutely crazy. I mean, think about this past weekend. Tampa loses to a bad Washington football team. So much so that Brady answered three questions and walked off the podium after the game. You had the Arizona Cardinals with only one loss. Yes, they didn't have a their, their quarterback in Kyler Murray. All right? But they got embarrassed at home by the Carolina Panthers. Embarrassed. And then last night, the Rams who are coming off a bad loss at home against Tennessee, a divisional opponent, a huge game, the bright lights of Monday Night Football, and they get thoroughly, and I do mean thoroughly, dominated by the San Francisco 49ers. So when you figure out this league, give me a freaking call. It's now time for our Crowd Ultra Q&A. Just go to CrowdUltra.com, and maybe I'll answer your question right here on my podcast. Alex asks, are LeBron's recent Rittenhouse comments the most toxic he's made so far? I wish that was the case, but no. No. Not the most toxic. In my opinion, the most toxic was last year when he attacked the police officer in Columbus, Ohio for the shooting of a 16-year-old girl who was getting ready to stab her friend. Okay? That was, in my opinion, the most toxic. I've been very open about this, and I will continue to be open about this because I always quote Mitch Album: you cannot be selective with your noise, not against hate. Well, LeBron James is very selective with his noise, especially when it comes to hate. And I have given you many, many, many examples of LeBron James. And I respect the hell out of him as a player, but I have lost all respect for him as a person and his irresponsibility with over 50 million Twitter followers. Shame on him. 
It's it's really shameful. It's terrible. Absolutely horrible. The lack of responsibility and how short-sighted he is. It's uh and I and I I'll, I'll continue to say this. I think in his generation, he's done more to push people away from the game than any player that I can remember. Now, yes, I believe he has also attracted fans to the game because he's a dynamic, great player. But I think particularly over the last couple of years, he has pushed, and I mean pushed a lot of people away from the NBA. That's just my opinion. Steve Warren, isn't it amazing Russell Wilson is back so quickly? I read reports that Russell was trying to rehab not trying, was rehabbing his finger 18 to 20 hours a day. I mean, I guess even the surgeons were shocked. You know, he didn't look great on Sunday at Lambeau, but that's Russell Wilson for you. That guy's going to do anything to be on the field, and I give him all the credit in the world. Mr. Wolf asks, after Curry retires, do you think anyone will ever catch his three-pointers made record? Probably not. Probably not, but... You know, if the game continues to be the way it is now, mm, you, know, you got to have a lot of longevity. Um, it's going to take a while. Let's put it that way. It is going to take a while. Michael asks, how big of a problem are the coach communication issues like Joe Judge had for the NFL? I'm reading that it's a lot more common than we thought. I've been reading that. I've been reading that it's actually a lot more common uh, than you think. Uh, but the Giants need more than just communication. Uh, to become a good football game. But, yeah, I have read that uh, it's a bigger problem than you think. David asked, what do you think Blazers president Chris McGowan resigning means about the investigation of Neil Olshay? Um, I, it's not good. I will say that. It's not good. Of course, you know, they're being investigated by the NBA and are the Phoenix Suns with Robert Sarver. So I, I don't believe it can be good, David. I think that's a very good question, by the way. Bryce asks, can you believe that Najee Harris didn't know that NFL games could end in a tie? I'm always mystified and so perplexed when I hear players say that because it's not the first time, you know, we've heard that. Obviously, in college, you can't end in a tie. But I, I, I've it's, it's mind-boggling to me, Bryce. It's absolutely mind-boggling to me that there is a player, and now I believe players, because I believe we've heard this before, that does not understand the rules as it relates to overtime. So, yeah, I am surprised by that. Absolutely. David asked, do you agree with Tracy McGrady saying Dwight Howard should be on the NBA 75th anniversary list over Anthony Davis? Yeah, I think Anthony Davis is a very interesting study in the NBA because his career has been so maligned by injuries. But I'll ask it this way, and maybe this isn't the right way to answer this question or ask this question. If you were beginning a basketball team and you knew everything that you knew now, all right, if you knew what Dwight Howard's career was and you know what Anthony Davis's career was, which player would you choose? Would you take Howard, who was unbelievably dominant early in his career, or would you take Anthony Davis? It's an interesting argument, and you could talk me into taking Howard 
or you could take me, talk me in to taking Davis. I mean, Davis does a lot more things. I think he's a better rounded player, but boy, Dwight Howard in his prime was really, really good. Very interesting question. And Tracy McGrady, I, it gives me pause. I mean, at least I think about that. Nick wants to know, are you surprised by Cam Newton's performance in his first game back with the Panthers? First of all, I'm happy for Cam. I think this would be a great comeback story. Uh, I guess he's going to start this weekend, or at least it looks like he's going to start this weekend for Carolina. I don't want to get carried away. I mean, he ran the ball in from a yard, and then he, what, passed on a short pass? I mean, I don't want to get carried away here. But I always tell you this, he gave the team a spark. There's no denying that. You know, the team rallied around him. I'm rooting for Cam. I'm, I would like to see uh, this. I would like to see his career on that high note in Carolina. I think it would be a great story for him. Neil asked, what's your take on Andre Iguodala saying Kyrie Irving is the fourth best point guard of all time? Andre Iguodala obviously hasn't watched a lot of basketball in his life. That's number one. Uh, it's an asinine, stupid statement, in my opinion. It's ridiculous. That Andre Iguodala saying that Kyrie is the fourth best point guard of all time. First of all, Neil, I didn't hear him say that, but I'm going to take your word for it. But are you kidding me? Seriously? Come on now. I mean, you can't be serious, can you? Is Andre Iguodala really serious or was he just joking around? Hey, if you want to ask me a question on my podcast, just go to crowdultra.com. And again, maybe I'll answer it on my show coming up on Friday. It's time for Today's rant is brought to you by Roy's Umbrella. For all of your home loan needs, make sure you go and check out Roy on his website, roysumbrella.com. I talked to Roy a couple of weeks ago, and he told me he sees big changes on the horizon as it relates to the housing market and loans. Don't get caught like you did in 2007 or 2008 if you were one of those unfortunate ones. Call Roy and his staff. Let them walk you through it. Roy is awesome. I've dealt with Roy for a number of a number of years. He's like a throwback. I mean, I love Roy. I mean, his life story is incredible. Uh, he's beat two death sentences with cancer, and he's persevered. He's just got this great will and desire. Uh, he loves dealing with people. He's going to deal with you personally. Uh, he's great. Roy and his staff are fabulous. I cannot encourage you to use them enough for your home loans. Just go to roysumbrella.com. That's roysumbrella.com. So let me get this straight. Major League Baseball, okay, had their season end a couple of weeks ago. World Series, the Atlanta Braves beating the Houston Astros. They had the postseason with the Giants and the Dodgers. And so what does baseball do? They use this week, a different day each week, to announce their postseason awards. And my question is, who the hell cares? No one cares about baseball right now. People are in the football, college football, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL. No one gives a damn about baseball. Why is it that baseball wastes a golden opportunity during the postseason to announce their award winners for the year? Wouldn't it make sense to have your awards announced during the postseason? During the World Series, what the hell is Major League Baseball doing? They do it every year, and it drives me crazy. It makes absolutely no sense. Again, the vast majority of fans don't give a damn. They don't want to hear about anything to do with baseball in the middle of November, the week before Thanksgiving. They don't care, all right? There's, it, no one's talking about it, except for me, and it's in a negative fashion, all right? Everyone's talking about football. Everyone's talking about Aaron Rodgers. 
Everybody's talking about the NBA, all right? No one's talking about baseball awards the week before Thanksgiving. Does baseball do anything right? Seriously. Maybe, what, the Field of Dreams game in Iowa this year with the Yankees and the White Sox? Maybe that's something they did right. But, I mean, that's it? That's all they do right? What the hell is wrong with baseball? Seriously. How stupid is this? You got a sport that is dying for publicity. You got a sport that is, you know, continues to go downhill. And you have an opportunity in the postseason to showcase your award winners. And you wait until the week before Thanksgiving in the middle of football season. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Typical stupid baseball. And that's my rant for today. And that's my podcast for today. Really appreciate you checking me out here. Hey, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I am on No Filter Network with Sean Salisbury. It's one of my favorite hours of the week. Tuesdays, we come your way at 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Pacific. And on Tuesdays, 5 o'clock Eastern and 2 o'clock Pacific. Hope you can check me out with Sean Salisbury. It's a lot of fun. Just go to nofilter.net. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. It's so great having you here. I really appreciate your support. And we'll talk to you again on Friday. Thanks very much for checking me out here. If you don't like that, with Grant Napier. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.